Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. On this episode, we rip and tear through the history of a franchise that opened a portal to hell and changed gaming forever. So grab your super shotgun, bust out your BFG, and join us as we get knee deep in the dead with the history of Doom. Welcome to Mars, Marine. It seems that a hell wave was activated. Must kill them all. Rip and tear until it is done. Semper Fi, motherfucker! Ayo, hey, bad boys and hell spawns, welcome back to Normies Like Us. That's right, we are talking Doom today. Uh, I'm very excited for this March Madness. This is my selection, and this is the Mycubus. Yay, Chainsaw Colin. Uh, BFJ, Big Fucking Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Doomers, this is Jacob over here. <laughs> All <laughs> so great. good, guys. Yeah, so uh, basically we're going to be talking Doom, you know. Um, recently there is a property out there where there's a scourge sweeping across the earth and there is no known solution except for perhaps one. And also a new Doom game, so uh, nice. it's very topical. <laughs> talking about Animal Crossing? Yes, that's exactly. Right. We're um, fishing this episode, right? <laughs> Nothing but fishing and trading for fruit. Um, so basically, yeah, uh, we had to wait. Uh, we're doing the March Madness, and Doom came out kind of. Luckily, we have five uh, weeks in March, so we did our 90th episode, and now we're going to be talking the Doom franchise because Doom Eternal just dropped along with Animal Crossing, which, according to reviews, is actually edging it out slightly. So if we wanted to do the best game of the year, maybe Animal Crossing was the choice. <laughs> oh, you know, I read something, too, that um, it was like breaking records for like sales um probably due to like you know the worldwide thing that's going Locked on in. too but uh yeah it's like killing it's like doing like like pokemon like better than pokemon numbers in japan so that's pretty crazy Man, animal crossing you, is going i don't want to just bash animal crossing at the top of this but that is a game <laughs> i uh could not fucking care less about and i do not understand one bit it's basically yeah, it's like a game for babies the game right can I sell you my bug that I just yes. caught, Joe? It's chores yeah. the game. I, I heard you have to pay rent in that game. I don't. I'm, I'm not <laughs> trying to play rent in the real world. Not not in a video game either. Well, yeah, if that. there's anyone who doesn't give a damn about rent, his name is Doom Guy, aka the Doom Slayer, and we're going to be talking all about him. And there are no chores other than destroying demons with whatever tools are at your disposal. So, if that's a little more your speed, uh, you've come to the right place, Normies. Uh, <laughs> Right out the gate, now that we've talked Animal Crossing and acknowledged it, again, I know you're out there, Animal Crossing fans, but this one is not for you. <laughs> you can like both. You could like both, obviously, right? Uh, you use it to cool down. So I want to ask you guys right off the top, you know, we're going to be talking Doom. You know, have you guys played any of the Doom games? What do you kind of know about it? I'll start off with Colin and we'll go around. Look, you can like both, but we're here and we're lucky because none of us like Animal Crossing. Mike, we're fortunate you love Doom. Like, you straight mm -hmm. up love Doom. We get a new game, like you said, when we're in the middle of a Doom plague. Yeah, I like Doom as well. It's probably the first computer game I ever remember my dad having, and he would show me how to set up and play it. And I used to think, wow, this is really scary and really realistic. <laughs> yeah, oh, how times have changed. Uh, Joe, how about you? Uh, I've played a little bit. I am probably more prepped for this podcast than I would have been given the circumstances. I was able to watch both the movies, read the comic... Uh, play a little bit of 2016 and uh, previously you know when I was a kid I played a little bit just a little bit of some of the older games so I'm excited to talk about it I don't want to bloodborne it up too much 
but there's uh, hey. another franchise I'm going to be comparing it to a lot called oh. Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Interesting. Uh, Joe killing it with the PS oh, yeah. now. I got on my PlayStation and saw you playing some Doom right now. So that is cool that you're you're jumping in, man. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, awesome. We'll be de- definitely covering some of that stuff as well without bloodboarding it up too much. Uh, Jacob, <laughs> how about you? Speaking of bloodboarding, yeah. <laughs> it's a great game. Um, yeah. So you know when I when the originals came out or whatever, I don't remember playing like the original Doom, but I played like a lot of the contemporaries or the games that kind of spawned from that, like like Wolfenstein 3D, which is a game that I remember really strongly playing in the 90s. Uh, and then like Star Wars Dark Forces, which is kind of like a Doom clone that with, with Star Wars. Um, so I remember those two games really clearly on my family PC, but I don't remember Doom that well for some reason. Um, and then I played, I did play some of the 2016, uh, which I borrowed from you, Mike, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe six months back. So I played that and enjoyed it, but uh, I, I don't have the patience to finish these kind of games. So I never finished it. Yeah, yeah, a fast-paced action shooter. It's really hard to kind of commit to completing, but no. Well, just... Um, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, just, yeah like campaigns and, and FPS is a lot of times... You tend to jump around, right? You know, It's you the monster of, energy yeah. of video yeah. games. We can agree with that, right? It is definitely the monster energy of video games. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just to bring uh, the listeners up to speed then, me as the host, this is Mike here... Um, I love the Doom games. I started out, uh, Joe alluded to, with Wolfenstein 3D, booting out a DOS that led into Doom. You know, my dad had computers early for work, so we were some early adopters for, like, the internet and stuff. Played, like, Doom Deathmatch in, like, trade school. And, like, Doom 2016 was so good to me, like, that I built my current PC, like, Doom-themed. I have a giant Doom statue inside of it. I built it for Doom Eternal. I was streaming Doom Eternal. You guys saw some of that. You hopped in and out of the stream. So we'll talk that a little bit later. Um, But what we'd like to do on this show is talk the niche to normie. So what I think is the normie is kind of this second wave, this renaissance of Doom. Because with Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, it's really kind of back in the zeitgeist. But for a while there, it was pretty dormant in the early to mid-2000s. So I think the niche is really the origins and where this thing came from, especially considering a lot of our listeners might not have played those original games considering some of us haven't even. So what I'm going to do is we're going to walk through, first of all, we're going to enter the portal of hell. That's going to tell us nice. the history of Doom, the early days, then the resurrection of evil coming out and back into kind of the Bethesda acquisition and where we are now. And then we'll talk the other media and the legacy of the Doom franchise as a whole. So that's where we'll get into The Rock and Carl Urban in what is surely a classic. So yes. for now... Let's get loaded up. You got your ammo belts, your overshields. Let's go ahead and hop through the portal to hell and talk the history of Doom. Ooh, see you guys on Mars. Welcome back, normies. We are here at the UAC facility on Mars. We are doing some research in renewable energy, but it seems like something's kind of gone awry, and we meanwhile open a portal to hell. And uh, we need to look at the people responsible for this portal opening, and that is going to be the folks at id Software. Names you might be familiar with, I just want to throw them out here. We have a John Romero, an Adrian Carmack, and then a John Carmack, a fusion of the two. Uh, no relation. <laughs> also, a Tom Hall, who has some role here. Do you guys, are you familiar with these names? Because... As far as game 
history and game development were concerned. Yeah, that's George Romero's brother, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah not the Romero I know. Yeah, but another... <laughs> no, none of this. This is extremely niche for me, like game development, that kind of thing. So to kind of... It, Briefly put this up is uh, John Romero and Adrian or John John Romero and John Carmack, the two Johns behind id Software. They're going to be the main figures throughout this arch here. So uh, John Romero is kind of the designer of the levels and, you know, the concept of demons and shit like that. And then you have John Carmack, who is the technology guy, and he is literally creating engines that allowed PCs to create games that they were unable to create before. So he's creating the technology that allows them to create the game. And I'll explain that more. So John Carmack, uh, for context, he has since started a private like rocket company that went out of business called Armored, like an aerospace <laughs> company. And he now works for Oculus. Oh my God. He's trying, he's trying to, to find the real portal. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. going to actually do it. <laughs> Joey, this is dangerous stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, John <laughs> Romero has since um, started like an indie development software. He's in uh, Ireland, but he's you know done some other games. He's more on the design of the game side. Meanwhile, Carmack is on the technical side. So you put design and technology together. You know, that's how you end up with a classic experience. So as briefly as I can go before we get into Doom, John Carmack as a technology guy was such like a weirdo that he tried to break into his computer uh, lab at 14 years old in his school using thermite and Vaseline to steal the computers to do programming. Hell yeah. <laughs> so the only thing that got him caught is the one kid wouldn't fit through the hole they melted in the window with the thermite. So he just opened the window and then the alarms went off. So oh, so he like Winnie Pooh'd himself. Get exactly. Oh, Bob. <laughs> I was going to say our gang or something. That's even better, Joe. Yeah. So these guys, um, then Adrian Carmack is the other Carmack. He's kind of the artist. And then Tom Hall is another designer. These guys all worked at a company called Soft Disk. Uh, where they had to make basically a couple games per month that would go out in like a mail magazine where a disc would be sent to computer owners and they would have these games that you would a subscription-based game service. So they would take those computers home on the weekends without telling their bosses and then make their own side projects. They end up meeting a guy named Scott Miller who has a shareware distribution model, which is where you release the first couple levels for free. Anyone can download it online and then they pay and you'll mail them a physical disc with the rest of the game. Right. And this is revolutionary because this is now you can give people part of the game for free. And then if they like it, they'll pay you for the rest of it. So this guy's this is like pre steam steam, basically. It's right? exactly what we're getting at. And the legacy of Doom is one that leads into, you know, the FPS genre, digital distribution, speed running. We're, we're going to cover all this. Like there's so many things that can be tied back to this PC gaming as a whole. Wow. Um, so through the distribution model, they start making games for Scott Miller. And one of these games they make is Doom, right? So this is one of their first things. Uh, but before they were doing that, they made, they basically invented the technology that allows you to scroll sideways on a computer screen. So think about Mario, <laughs> right? Sure, Mario great. scrolls left to right, you know, and you run to the left and the screen moves, right? PCs could not do that at that time. So John Carmack invented the technology that allowed computers to do that. And then they made a demo called Dangerous Dave and Copyright Infringement, which was a copy of Super Mario Level 1. And then they ended up sending a clone of all of Mario to Nintendo saying, hey, we made a PC port. Do you want it? And they were like, uh, no, we don't want that. We're just going to keep it on <laughs> Nintendo. No, they'll, they'll buy our stuff, please. Just on our hardware. Exactly. 
Isn't that called like parallax scrolling or something? Parallax scrolling is a little bit different. It has to do with having the background looking like it's in 3D space, but it's very closely related. Uh, Um, So mm -hmm. they created that technology. So what they did then is they made it their own side scroller, just reskinned it called Commander Keen. And it sold like crazy because a game like that didn't exist on PC. So then Carmack being the tinkerer starts figuring out, well, how do we do a better 3D engine? They see the tests of the 3D engine when they realize the IP for Wolfenstein is public domain and they make Wolfenstein 3D using this new technology. And this is what really puts them on the map is Wolfenstein. And Joe, you're a fan of that franchise still going on now. Oh, big time. Classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember 3D very well. So this is where kind of the, the beginning happens. So you get Wolfenstein 3D and they were like, well, how do we ramp it up? Make it even more visceral, more crazy. They're like, well... Everyone hates demons. Let's do demons in space. And that's kind of where they go with Doom. Um, They put their heavy metal 1980s, you know, rebels shit together. And we get like the most one of the most influential games of all time. Um, It created the term deathmatch for multiplayer. It was so popular that it was installed on more computers than Windows was at the time. And it is responsible for crashing multiple university servers due to people playing it at school. I'm trying to think, Mike, was my dad's copy floppy disk or compact disk? Well, it was very likely um, three and a half inch uh, floppy. But likely it was probably just the first level, like the first set of four levels that was shareware. That ed- I think so. anyone could get for free. But what's great about that is that came with the multiplayer so you get the free shareware version, you can play the first four levels, and you get multiplayer, which, what game had that on PC? So easily, it became a revolution. Um, and that's, like, this game was blamed for, like, Columbine, too. It got wrapped up with the whole Mortal Kombat, the violence in video games, hearings that created the ESRB. This is kind of that time, Satanic Panic. And then their whole game is about shooting demons. But... Yeah, it really doesn't help that a hell mouth is opening up and demons are coming out of that mic. <laughs> like like the yeah. Christian mothers are like, come on, what the fuck is this? But I think the hottest take is like they make some of the least controversial games ever because like, whereas Call of Duty, you're kind of like, here's some Russian folk who are bad or it's like a little weird, like nondescript, you know, it's like demons are evil and Nazis are evil. Yeah, there's no politics in demons and Nazis. Yeah. They're, those are bad guys. <laughs> They're bad, and they should be shot. Like, who would not want to stop a demon wave from attacking? And and that came from their D&D sessions. Uh, hold on. Maybe the demons have a point, you know? <laughs> the demons were <laughs> right. good guys on both sides. So much Even for the tolerant hell. left. Yeah. <laughs> so, essentially, you know, the demons and all that stuff came from their uh, D&D sessions where at the end of a campaign they opened a portal to hell, all these demons came through. And the sci-fi elements are actually because they were originally going to pitch it as an Aliens uh, tie-in game. At which point they're like, ah, no. So that's why you have space, Mars. Like, it feels kind of very alien-esque. Space Marine. Space Marines, exactly. So that's coming from there. Um, And then Tom Hall, who kind of was the fourth guy in this group... um, he didn't like the direction they were going with Wolfenstein and Doom and kind of the gore, but he wanted it to be like more story focused. So he created this whole Doom Bible, which lists like lore and story details. And then John Carmack famously said, you know, story in a game is like story in a porn movie. It's expected to be there, but it's oh. not important. <laughs> so wow. this guy did all this work on this Bible and they said, this is pointless. And they threw it out. And if you've ever played the first level of Doom, 
from the second you press start, you're controlling your character and just shooting. And it's like, we're just going. We don't care about story. And they kind of follow that uh, in the you know, later games that kind of revive the series. So, um, But it was a revolution. It sold like millions of copies. They were making something like $150,000 a week on mail-in sales and stuff. It was insane. These guys bought Ferraris. Like they were the 80s rock star game developer, 20-somethings, you know, just chilling, listening to heavy metal. And that was it. Like they were those guys. Like when you think of the stereotypical game developers, it's like 10 guys on computers, you know. That's what it was. Like 15 people made Doom and Doom 2. And now you get game companies of like 100 people. Right. So, you know, just to quickly run through this original era, Doom 2, uh, Hell on Earth was just bigger and badder. It's using the same engine. Two times the enemies, you get famous enemies like the Archvial or the Revenant, who has the rocket launchers on his shoulders, things like that, pain elementals. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of uh, kind of mod packs that get integrated in because something they did with the original games was um, they allowed you to mod it. They had it open source. So they would send out um, the files so you could create your own levels easily. And that's where like the rumors came around like, oh, the Columbine shooter made his school in Doom. And the kid had made his own levels, but yeah. it was never his school. But some of these levels were actually really expertly made. And like some of those got included as like essentially DLC before DLC existed into the original Doom games. So you get Ultimate Doom in 1995, which included an extra set of missions made by John Romero for the original Doom. And then in 1997, you get Final Doom, which was two fan, sorry, two fan-made mods, which were then packaged and sold as official content for the game. So the modding community was created by Doom, as well as digital distribution was heavily um, expanded upon by the success of Doom. And the technology of games on PC and first-person shooters was also created by Doom. Colin, you always talk about creating a genre. These guys did it, and Jacob dropped at the beginning of the episode, a Doom clone was what they were called. The first-person shooter genre didn't even wow, have a name. Yeah. The, the thing is, Mike, we've done legend episodes on this podcast before. I would say this is the first one that doesn't apply to a person. I mean, Doom is a legend, and like you're saying, it like invented first-person shooting. Yeah, and like same thing, like everyone had that shareware, like first level. Every level of Doom gives you a completion percentage and tells you how long it took you to beat it. And they also integrated something called WADS, which stands for Where's All the Data, which would essentially, um, you could send demos too, which would record your inputs, and then you would send a file of what control buttons you pressed, and then someone would download that and be able to play a replay of your, your gameplay. Like exactly now, surely there's a coincidence that it's it's wads and that is the W A D and S the the typical movement on a computer, right? It could be actually, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's gotta be right. Wads that makes a lot of sense. But then through these files, right, people could watch somebody beating a level very quickly, and then there's an in-game timer. So like the speedrunning community for Doom happened very early as well, and it's still like one of the longest records was broken in 2019. So like. The, the, a lot of things wow, are for coming the first game. Yeah, for the very first game, 1993, and people are still like trying to break records on it. So it's very uh, influential, and you do get all the clones. Like, um, oh, what's the Star Wars one, Jacob? I'm losing it. 
Dark forces. dark forces, yeah, dark forces. You know, you get things like Hexen and Heretic, which John Romero trained those teams to work on. If you've heard of those, they're kind of D and D inspired Doom clones where you're using swords and you know magic spells, things like that. And that's kind of the golden era of the early Doom. It's like ninety three to ninety seven. It's all built on the early Doom engine that John Carmack originally made, and then. The next engine they're working on, because Carmack is kind of a tech guy, he wants to do 3D, and that's where they start working on a project called Quake. Are any of you familiar with the Quake series? Hell yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's kind of a arena shooters. It's uh, id Software's first full 3D game. Again, they create that engine. They license it out to multiple people. And I think you've pointed it out, Mike. Like, if you went to high school at a certain time around our age group, you probably took a very basic computer class, which if you got in front of those computers, every single one of them had Quake built into it, and you could just play tournament mode with everybody in your class while your teacher was talking about other things. And it was, it was, it just changed, it changed the game. It changed my life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You had Quake on the desktops, and the shitty laptops they gave us would still run Doom 1993, and it had Deathmatch, and we would be doing that while we were supposed to be doing our online English classes. So we had a lot of hours doing doing the Deathmatch with that. Uh, but this is where I think things start to kind of change, because during the development of Quake, obviously you have John Carmack, who's just a technology freak, and then you have John Romero, who just wants to make games. So Carmack would take so long on these engines because he's trying to improve it. Like, we can't start the game until the engine's done. So Quake is kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back of, you know, it's Van Hagar now. Van Halen's out, you know. There's a changing of the guard where John Romero decides to leave after the completion of Quake. Uh, Carmack sticks around. And then Tom Hall, who left after Doom came out because he didn't really like the violence and throwing out his Bible... He joined up with Romero to make their own company, Ion Storm, which would produce Die Katana, which was hyped to be one of the greatest games that John Romero's coming back, and it was garbage. So it's kind of the fall of the rock star a little bit, but there's a redemption angle here near the end. Uh, Meanwhile, um, Carmack sticks around to work on Doom 3, which at this point, there hasn't been like a new Doom game really since 1994. So we're looking at... 10 years in between Doom games, not counting like the DLC. And um, this is the first true 3D Doom game. Have any of you guys played Doom 3? I believe so. And and tell me if I'm wrong here, Mike, but pretty much the progression from these first ones, other than graphics-wise, we're staying the same. I mean, it's a guy in a green outfit who's just got a shotgun right down the barrel, who's just blasting away guys. It's got like a great color palette. I've always loved Doom just having like a really cool, it's almost like the Technicolor of video games. It just pops for some reason. So yeah, I think I've played three. Three, yeah, three is actually the one that is, um, it's like dark and spooky. It's a little bit Dead Space vibes. Um, It has like really cinematic lighting. There's a lot more focus on story. Um, And I think the best way to look at it is, if the original Doom games were like a weird demon-killing power fantasy where you're running at 100 miles an hour just blowing stuff to pieces, you don't have a name, you don't care about what's happening, you just want to blow stuff up, Doom 3 is really more of a survival horror approach to the idea of what if we opened a portal on Mars to hell and it was this you know, scary experience, which the engine took forever to make, but people kind of liked it. Uh, but it was very different, so diehards had mixed feelings. This was a uh, a sleepover game for me. I remember a buddy of mine was really into the Doom franchise. Doom 3 aligned with his birthday, and it was literally just like, 
gathering around his computer while we all stared at Doom 3 for for the first time. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. had this on um, the Xbox. It came out, you know, a couple months after PC 2005, but it was really scary and I really liked it. Um, but it didn't have that high pace action feel. And one of the biggest criticisms was you could switch between the flashlight or your gun, but you couldn't uh. do both at the same time. So one of the fastest mods to be made in most popular downloads was called the duct tape mod, where it would essentially duct tape your flashlight to your gun so that you could shoot and see. But that kind of added to the horror. Like you had to choose. Do you want to be able to see what you're shooting or defend yourself? Um, Needless to say, um, it sold well. It was one of the the more uh, better performing in in the classic Doom, Doom tradition. They released expansions to it, Resurrection of Evil, which added more levels and a different ending. Um, and also the BFG edition, which included the duct tape mod and more ammo, made it more kind of arcadey, shootery like the traditional Doom games. And that is kind of the early era of Doom. Shortly thereafter, um, there's kind of a hiatus on Doom projects for a little while. So I'm just wondering if there's anything on the early days you guys want to touch on before we go on. Um, yeah, I wanted to mention that Die Katana game. I remember like reading about like when that was coming out and like, wasn't there like a controversial um, like ad campaign for that or something? I just remember like seeing like the posters. I don't remember what it said, but it was just like something controversial and it was like very edgy. And uh, and then it was like a huge flop. I just remember that from when I was like 10. Yeah. So, so riding off like the name value of John Romero, who allegedly got fired from id software after quake because he was kind of just phoning it in. Like he really wasn't putting in the work. Who knows? But he kind of had that rock star attitude. He was over it. But the advertisement read, John Romero is, will make you his bitch. And then it had like Daikatana. Di- <laughs> like this wow. is going to be the sickest, most hard game ever. And it was right. It took forever to finish and it just did not deliver. Um, huh. Yeah, that one. It's kind of that edginess of Doom. It's always kind of had it. Uh, yeah. Mike, when you were talking about the early development process, you were making me think. Do you, I want to ask you this, do you, like me, um, love any kind of media that's about early video game development stuff, Halt and Catch Fire, Bandersnatch, even Mm -hmm. on Apple right now, Mac has that show. There's the juxtaposition of like the 80s and 90s of like nerds doing drugs, getting sweaty, acting crazy, just to reveal what they're working on is like Pong with like the graphics of like Pong where I go, this yeah. is so good. I just love it so much. Oh, yeah. No. And just the idea of like that era. It's like kind of like we talked about with Star Wars where it was just like George Lucas and these fucking weirdos with a bunch of models. Like, let's Yeah, make yeah. A- it's called Doom, baby. It's called Doom. Just wait. I'm going to show it to you, baby. Yeah. And they just, just finish like, yeah, it and yeah, release yeah. it. There's no board of directors behind them. It's like a completely different thing. Uh, and it's just like unfurling pages of dot matrix paper that mm-hmm. a, a nerd is just drawing grids and maps on. I, that would be my dream. If I could time travel, that is the job I would try to go back and get. Yeah. These guys are literally like sharing a house like and they're all programming all day. Uh, Bobby Prince was the composer. He's literally just ripping off metal riffs from like Pantera and Slayer and putting them into the game. Like he's changing them just enough to not get copyright infringement. And it's like, yeah, you can totally see these guys with their mullets just clicking away at a CRT computer, listening to, you know, Black Sabbath and Metallica. And it's like playing D&D like, fuck yeah, demons. There's just something about it that's like, you don't get that anymore. Same thing with like that. Star Wars, this group of like artists, like yeah, let's 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 uh, 
put this camera in the trench and we'll blow up this Death Star and see what happens, you know? And then it turns out to be like one of the biggest things in pop culture. So a quick mention before we move into the Resurrection of Evil is, you know, the Doom 3 came out, it was very popular, and it spawned the uh, release of the 2005 movie, which we'll get into later, but to put it in the timeline, that came out right after the release of Doom 3, and that has starring The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in a very early role, and uh, Carl Urban. I think that is the reason my younger brother was interested in that game and played it before me. And I'd be like, oh, my God, a younger kid can, like, get through this survival horror game because he saw the <laughs> Rock movie at that time. That totally lines up. And, you know, one could speculate that that might also have to do with why there was no more Doom content coming out for the next uh, <laughs> little stretch here. So let's... Oh, I can't wait to talk about that movie. I just watched it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait. Either. There's some great quotes. But before we get there, we got to talk about the fall and then the resurrection of evil. So let's go ahead and talk kind of the the death and rebirth of id Software and Doom coming up right after this. Always like us. Welcome back. That's right, Normies Like Us. We are talking the Doom franchise. We've just gone through the iconic Doom 1, Doom 2, and all the way to the first 3D iteration, Doom 3. John Romero has left the company, and we are left solely with John Carmack and Adrian Carmack still doing the art. And what we end up with is a bit of a hiatus from 2005 to 2016. We don't see any uh, Doom properties being released, except for a couple mobile games. Um, and like those are like just tie-ins that don't really count. So I want to briefly talk about uh, what is known as Doom 4, which is sometimes confused with the Doom 2016 that we got. And if you guys are familiar, you know, during 2005 to 2010, right, this is like the Call of Duty era. You know, we said the Doom is the monster energy of video games. We're talking like the monster energy in video games is Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that was the trend. And so there was what has been dubbed, it's a, it's a lost tech demo called Call of Doom was kind of the nickname. And it was like a very realistic, gritty shooter of Doom. But like, what if it was realistic and like Call of Duty where there was a demon invasion, a little bit of Gears of War kind of vibes. And it was in development for about, you know, six years before it finally got canceled. But one of the things that did make it into Doom 2016 was the glory kill, which is the mechanic where the flashing enemy is there. You punch him and there's like kind of a cinematic uh, fatality, if you will, go back and listen to the Mortal Kombat episode. But uh, 2013 is the point at which John Carmack finally leaves and goes to join Oculus. So the old guard is gone, the, the founders of the company are essentially gone, and the people behind the DNA of Doom are no longer there. And it's at around this time that uh, Zenimax Media, who owns Bethesda, purchases id Software. And, you know, the future of Doom is really uncertain at this point. Uh, which is why, luckily, the new blood brought in is um, Marty Stratton, who had kind of been with id Software from 1997, you know, a little bit after Quake, you just kind of in managerial roles, and he kind of stepped up. And then they brought in Hugo Martin to be the creative director, and he had been freelancing. He worked on Pacific Rim. You know, he's a real big film kind of nerd guy. He did a lot of the robot designs on Pacific Rim, for example. So, um That's crazy. Yeah. And then also, legendarily, they got the soundtrack maker Mick fucking Gordon, who really uh, 
saved the, the 2016, really brought it to life. So Doom 2016, they were looking at what the Call of Doom game was and like, this is not Doom. It's very slow. You have to hide, you know, like what the fuck is a real Doom game? So maybe whereas the original Doom is referencing pop culture, things like Alien, things like RoboCop, things like um, The Color of Money. <laughs> uh, this Doom is referencing pop culture, except the pop culture it's referencing is Doom itself. So they're going back. What made the first ones fun? It's that high speed, just action all the way. So it's okay. What's boring? Uh, healing. Well, when you need to heal, you have to hide. So what do we do? How about if you shoot something, you heal? Sounds good. Okay. Well, what if you run out of ammo? Well, what do you do? Well, what if you chainsaw it, you get ammo? Sounds good. Okay. Well, what do you, you know, so the whole concept was how do we make it so you never hide and you're always pushing forward and then we'll back that with just heavy fucking metal that's based off those original riffs from the original games and really distilling the spirit. And um, I think they really pulled it off. So Doom 2016 finally comes out and it's a huge surprise hit. And I really think it represents the best kind of spirit of those original Doom games. Have you guys, you mentioned you checked this out a little bit. Yeah, I've played this one. Jacob, you um, Yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, I've played it too. Um, I especially like the the music and how it kind of like ebbs and flows with the action. Like when you're going to a more like less intense part, the musical kind of like lower down, and then when when you're when they're you're fighting more, it kind of ramps up. It's pretty cool how they do that. Yeah, the dynamic soundtrack is a big thing. If you're fighting more like dangerous enemies, there's more of them around you. There's like more stems that build in, like more guitars, heavier riffs. The drums get louder. Yeah, it's like very dynamic in that sense. Um, Colin, did you mention if you'd played this at all? I have. The cutscene kills. Uh, is there anything more satisfying than, like you said, bashing somebody and they get that little glow to them and you know, okay, am I going to run up and literally twist his head off, put it up his butt, and then put my gun down the wound I open and, and shoot and blow him up? And you're just like, wow, <laughs> yeah, this is so extreme and off the wall. And uh, I got it for the Switch, so I love that too. It's like, come on, I can go anywhere and play Doom. Yep. And, and what was great about that is like, yeah, the whole design is just move forward and shoot. And like what made the classic Doom games, because I really, I like three, but really a Doom game to me is moving fast and blowing up demons, right? And that's what they captured. Um, and Hugo Martin, the creative director, um, he was quoted as saying, you know, you know, in RoboCop, when the guy, the director of the police, he, you know, RoboCop boots up after they put him together and he looks at him, he says, you're going to be one bad motherfucker, right? And it's like, that's what we wanted the player to feel after the opening mission of Doom 2016. And I think they really accomplished that because by the time you finish the tutorial, get off the elevator and you cock the shotgun with the soundtrack pumping, you're like, I'm going to be a bad motherfucker. And that's what you are for the whole game. But oddly enough, the guy who designed the RoboCop suit and stuff, special effects wise, also designed some of the monsters from the original Doom game. Oh, wow. And clay sculptures that. that they scanned in. Like, so the, the spider mastermind and some of the larger enemies were designed by the guy who designed Robocop. And then they referenced Robocop in the creation of the remake of Doom. That makes sense. ED 209 is a big stop motion creature in Robocop. Yeah, the guy that, did ED 209. Totally mm -hmm. So it's like time is a flat circle, man. And as much as time is a flat circle, I mean, this got tons of game of the year uh, recommendations. It didn't quite win, but it was really hyped up in 2016. And needless to say, knocked it out of the park. No one saw it coming. Mike, did it introduce the little baby Doom Doom Slayer dolls? Yeah, yeah, those collectibles. That's the game that did it. Uh, yeah. I love those guys. Give them a little fist bump. 
Yeah, the, the little man, one. I found him. Yeah, that's great. And like Doom has always had those secret rooms, but like the actual collectibles, that's something they added in and it plays the little riff from the game. Like those little touches are super nice. And much like the original Doom, 2016 was a huge surprise. No one saw it coming. No one thought it was going to be anything on oh, another Doom game. This That's an old franchise. Blew everyone away. And then you have Doom and Doom Hell on Earth, just like that. Doom Eternal 2020 It's just Hell on Earth again. So they're kind of, in a weird way, soft reboots, but also love letters to those original games. And so that had just dropped. You know, I beat it, played it, loved it. That's why we pushed this episode back so I could get my hands on. And we even were all hopped into Twitch together. And I really appreciate it. That was fun having you guys Did in you there. just say beat it? Did I hear the words beat it, though? Oh, yeah, I beat it. Jacob was there. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the God. funny story Whoa, is that when you... Oh, I can't believe I missed it. Yeah, I'm sorry. When you beat it, right? Because um, I was... Wa- yeah, I hopped in the stream. I was watching you play like a couple nights in a row. And you beat it, but it like glitched out at the very end of the game with like the last cutscene, mm-hmm. and then you had to like start over and like fight the final boss over again, right? Yeah. Whoa. So, uh, you know, in true Bethesda fashion, even though they didn't develop it, but we'll just throw Bethesda <laughs> under the bus here. I beat the last <laughs> boss, and as it was loading the cutscene, I took damage and died, and then I clipped through the floor. So my my character is underneath, you know, the floor, the level where you're not supposed right. to be. But the sound of the cutscene yeah, was so the going, sound of the cut scene but you were just playing. like under the... F- so I'm just sitting there looking at my hand and it's saying like restart level, but I'm just listening to the cutscene and then like the credits hit oh and God. there's like narration and we're like, what the <laughs> hell is this? But I then hey, had to is it, play it again. Is it all the finales of Halo involve you driving a warthog? Whichever one of them is, one time when I was beating that game, the place that you jump at the end just did not preload, so I just jumped like into nothingness and died, and I was so oh, no. fucking upset about that. <laughs> yeah, I was really pissed, actually, because it was a tough fight, and like you get extra lives in this, which kind of function like Sekiro, um, which if you played that, you get like these resurrection gems, essentially, so... I, I used four of them on that last boss. I was stockpiling them. And then when I died and had to do it again, I had none. So then I actually had to do it again with no resurrections, but I beat it first try. So I felt like felt like I really earned it because the second time I had to do it legit with no bullshit, and we did it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about Twitch for just a second because like you just said, we all watched you do it. And then I really want to break down your thoughts on like the differences on this one, what you like, what you didn't like mm-hmm. since it's the hot new game. But uh, let me ask you guys, so when you Twitch, because this is the first time, I've, I've obviously talked to you guys that I just recently started using Twitch, but this is the first time I use the chat function to talk to somebody. How do you guys use your Twitch? Well, I mean, I just... Um, I created an account just to watch Mike play Doom. Uh, also um, that, yes, I thank you. Thanks, guys. streaming on my television show, or on my television, using the uh, Apple TV app. And then on my phone, I had the chat. And then sometimes I was just using my phone. Whoa. Okay, Jacob, how do you watch it? Well, I don't really watch Twitch either. I just... Um, you do now. I had... Yeah, that's, I watched you, that's uh, you, have, you have four thoughts on your best friends list that you follow. They all say, Jacob Daddy, Jacob Daddy's <laughs> here. And you go, oh, here's your money, girls. Your Keep bits. playing those games. We've all seen <laughs> you do right. it. I'm in just chatting. And uh, yeah. No, I, I use the Twitch app to load my Minecraft mods, but I've never really watched people on Twitch that much. But, uh, you know, I might start watching some Mumbasa Mufasa hey, there or you something. Go. Which, yeah, that's but you're sitting there on your laptop. Or I'm sorry, you're doing it on your desktop. That's how you're watching it. Uh, I've done desktop and mobile. Oh, okay. 
Like I was, I was, I was watching on desktop and then I wanted to play my own video game. So I put it on my phone and then just had my phone on my desk and I was just gaming uh, and watching my pal game. Hey. And it was like, just we were gaming, gaming together. Just gaming with just the gaming. boys. Well, <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate it. It was fun seeing everybody in the chat making jokes. It made it a lot more fun because I was just going to play it regardless. And um, I had started just doing the Twitch because I've been speedrunning Bushido Blade. And then like I was like, eh, let me just, you know, hop on there if my cousin wants to jump in because we used to play that game and just bullshit with me. While I'm, like just is a way to hang out, you know, with my cousins or you guys. So it's just more of a right. social and thing. And we are quarantined. And now that we're quarantined, it was like even better to have like the boys in the chat on a Friday night just hanging, hey, you know. Yeah. It ended up being yeah. Cool. It was like you know people suggest like having Google Hangouts with your friends. It was kind of like that, except you were the only one on camera. But um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was just like That's sitting like on the couch watching your buddy play a game. Like, hey, go over there and shoot that guy. You know, it's uh yeah. Which in quarantine, like, well, is something we're missing. But Joe's opening up a world for me because I was watching it on the TV as well and using the Apple TV. Like you were saying, Joe, I didn't realize you could get the separate chat function up. I would be like four conversations behind because I would use the text to speech thing for the Apple TV and be like, Mike, hey, how are Uh, you? And it would get the word Mike wrong as the first (laughs) word. And I'd have to delete all of it and be like, no, 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 no. No, yeah, I just pulled up the, the mobile app and then was chatting on that and then watching on the tv which was a lot of fun yeah i mean it definitely was a good time to uh to see mike in all his glory uh and glory kills (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah dude and to see just the hot new game again because again you know i had no expectations about what this game would look like and normies to say that you are in safe non-normie hands you see mike's setup you see the uh, uh, what steelbook edition of Doom 2016 yeah, you have up right as a here. shrine? <laughs> you, you see the hell monster you have inside your computer that you mentioned. Yep. The red light. I mean, it is <laughs> it is Doom overload. Yeah, we were we were. Do- I took the day off work. It came out uh, like at 9 p.m. on Thursday, so I actually preloaded it Thursday morning. I was able to start it at 9 p.m. and then Friday was all day. You guys kind of hopped it in, in the evening, and then Saturday Sunday we beat it by Sunday evening. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> Yeah, I was in there uh, like four nights in a row watching you. And you know what? It made me think that like, man, like Twitch is pretty cool. I might actually want to try like streaming it sometime too, even though I never, I thought about it sometimes, but um, so maybe I might hop on there and and do my own stream at some point. It's been just nice as a social vehicle, I think, especially during quarantine. It's like, hey, I'm going to be doing this thing. You don't even, like you said, you could put it on your phone and do your own thing, but still be watching your buddy play a game, throw a little message. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't care Twitch if I get like an audience cool. or anything, but if I can just, uh, you know, have my my buddies come in, you know, Mountain Blade Banner Lord's coming out soon. Maybe Hell I'll, yeah. maybe and I'll Minecraft uh, stream some of that. Maybe watching you yeah, play it yeah. would convince me to download it. Who knows, you know? Oh, Let me get yeah. this uh, this thing that I've told you guys off pod on air, though, because I want normies to hear my opinion on this. I've told you guys, I think the only people to watch on Twitch are women and not in the thoughty sort of way. It's because I don't like the metas. When I'm watching Dark Souls, I don't want to see people who are completely naked using the Uchiganti or whatever, Mm, just doing rolls and dodging everything. I just want to see people play the video game and make conversation. Mm. Well, that's my thing. I never really understood Twitch that much because I was like, why do people just watch some stranger play a game when they could play that game themselves? But I kind of get it now because especially if it's like, even if it's like a popular personality, you kind of feel like you're their friend 
And it's kind of like, yeah, it's like listening to a podcast or something. You're kind of just like doing it for the, you know, but it could experience. be a game you would never play too, Jacob, right? That you just want to experience true, because true. everybody else is. I might check out Animal Crossing for as sad as that would be to watch somebody twitch like they're, they're like <laughs> slow, slow life farm game. life. I think uh, too, like access, not everybody in the world has a PC that can run it or has the certain game console. I don't have a switch, you know, so there's also a a thing where people want to see games that they don't have access to. And that's kind of true. Also benefit. Uh, But I appreciate y'all hopping in there. It's been fun. And who knows? uh, Yeah, Twitch is an interesting thing, though, for sure. Mike, as somebody who does like metas, you like speed running a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that about Doom in just a second. Exactly. But uh, do you disagree with my statement? Would you say, no, you got to just check out people doing the weird stuff with video games on Twitch? It comes down to what, what you're looking for, because like as a, as a Souls fan, for example, like I would watch, uh, there's a guy, Lobos Jr., who does every challenge run under the sun. He'll beat the whole game with just a ladle. And it'll be like, huh. How is he going to beat Ornstein? That just annoys and smoke, me, you know? Mike. I hate that. Well, that's dark. Just fucking just play the video game. Well, you know, I've played the video game, so I want to see somebody do it with a Guitar Hero controller, perhaps. Or I could also see the appeal of just seeing someone casually running through it, which was why when I did my stream, I just said casual playthrough of Doom. Like I'm not doing anything weird. I like that. Yeah, I'm just I'm just playing it as a normie, essentially. It's vanilla Doom. Vanilla Doom, exactly. Um, All right, so tell us what you think about this new game. Mike, my first impression watching you play it, I was like, wow, this is a Prince of Persia game. Did you know there was going to be so much jumping and acrobatics? This feels like a first for the franchise. It's just, that's that's kind of something I wanted to talk about with 2016. Yeah, go for it. Um, You know, I I played that game and uh, I had some problems with it. I didn't love it as much as I think you did. And a lot of that came from the mechanics um, of like jumping and platforming. There was you played so much Mario, more Joe. of that. You're fucking falling off a cliff. Oh man. Yeah. Like there was so much more of that than I expected that I was just kind of like let down by almost like the, the level design. It felt too much like a multiplayer map when I was trying to go through a campaign, but I guess that makes sense now knowing more about the history and knowing that they had a Bible and they threw it out. Cause who cares about the Bible and, and let's just run and gun. I think I prefer uh, a little more story in, and it looked like you were getting that in Eternal. Yeah, and kind of, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of compare 16 to Eternal. Is, um, it has more platforming. You have more movement options now that you can climb things, and you know you start out with the double jump, which you don't get until later in 2016. I think the, the platforming was definitely the worst part of 2016, in my opinion. And this, like a common like meme on my stream was, oh, yes, Nothing. Remember in Doom 1 when you had to climb up the shit and then jet boost over and do some platforming? Nothing like it. You know, like that was never in the original games. But on the other side, like you'll be spending 10 minutes of sustained, like intense action. So it's good to have like a little moment to exhale, just kind of climbing around, looking for your little figurine. Um, Not my favorite, but I think it has a place with the pacing uh, of the game itself. But. as a whole, I just found myself very frustrated by it. Yeah, and like backtracking a bunch, and then like accidentally falling off the map, and like even Wolfenstein, like you know, there's some jumping and platforming, but you can't fall off an abyss. Like, like is it the first doom. person shooter where you pull up the map the most? It definitely is for me. Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pulling up the map all the time because you can unlock secrets that'll let you like you can enhance your suit so you can see where the secrets are on the map. Not what they are, but where they're located. And then you're just like, how do I jump over there? There's a lot of platforming. There was even one particular boss. 
late in the game where you can just fall off of the boss arena. And it's like you're zoomed in with your scope, not realizing, and then you just fall off the arena. It's like kind of frustrating. So that's the weakest part. Obviously, the strongest thing about it is the combat. You have a way more, a way broader verb set, like just like Doom 1 to Doom 2. Doom 2 is just bigger and badder. There's more demons coming at you than ever. The arenas are better designed because Doom 1, everything felt like a Quake arena. Like it felt like a asymmetrical, like two-sided arena. It felt like multiplayer just with single-player monsters. These arenas at least feel a bit more um, organic and natural. And the way you encounter the arenas, like in Doom 2016, it's like, ah, yep, this is where I'm going to have my big fight. But in uh, Eternal, sometimes you'll get caught off guard and be like, oh, I wasn't expecting there to be a big fight here. So they're a little bit I also more loved considered. a lot of the background design. Um, watching your stream, like a lot of the background design just looked really fucking cool in Doom Eternal, where I think everything kind of looked exactly the same in Doom 2016. Yeah, and a lot like poetry, they rhyme, you know, Doom 1 and Doom 2, you know, 93, 94, like they learned what the engine could do, and then they pushed it to its limit in Doom 2. Same thing here, like they figured out what they were doing with the engine in 16, and then they pushed it to the absolute limit, so you get better skyboxes, more enemies on screen, it's just a lot more, uh, and I think it succeeds in kind of ramping it up. But if you enjoyed the lack of story in 2016, there is more story in this cutscenes are skippable, but there is more story, which has never been a doom thing. So if that's one of your big contentions, you might not like that so much. For me, it was fine. Uh, and quick spoiler: if you do, you guys mind a spoiler? No, please. No. So one of the cool things about this story mode, normies, close your ears for about twelve seconds. Uh, the character you're playing as, the Doom Slayer, is actually the Doom guy from the original Doom games. You're the same oh. character, and you were... Wasn't it always the same character? Yeah, No, it was never confirmed, oh. and you were such a badass in the original Doom games that these people, like, collected you and were like, you are... We're going to train you to be the greatest demon killer thing ever, and then you even say, no, fuck you, I'm killing them regardless of what you want, I don't work for you, and then you're just, like, a badass, <laughs> no matter oh, that's what. That's cool, that means I've always seen his face then, because it's always been in the little yep. corner making angry grunts as he gets hit. So Doom Guy is Doom Slayer uh, confirmed, which is very cool. Um, I always like, assumed no the 2016 guy was the same Yeah, I would have thought that too. This takes you to uh, Earth and Mars and Hell and Heaven. heaven. Um, oh, is God the... <laughs> spoilers, Norbies. Is God the final bad guy in... in Doom Eternal. Right, not quite, uh, but just like Doom 2, the original, you fight the Icon of Sin, which in Doom 2 was a giant goat head in a wall that shot fireballs at you. Now it's a giant goat-headed, like, building-sized demon that you need to destroy, but it's like oh the same God. end boss for both this? games. So This is sounding a lot like Castlevania, the, sh- the show. Which I just started, <laughs> no. but we'll have to talk about that at yeah. the end. Ooh, step Overall, on me, Doom Mommy. Right? <laughs> step on me, Doom Slayer. Uh, Speaking of Animal Crossing, people have been modding in uh, Isabel as a companion in Classic Doom. <laughs> so you'll be running around in Classic Doom with a 16-bit Isabel who will like throw you ammos and like, hey, you need some ammo? <laughs> it's like nice. The weirdest. There's a lot of fan art with Isabel from Animal Crossing and the Doom guy. Uh, there is talk, um, Mike. Do you think that he will end up being the final revealed uh, Smash character? There is a lot of talk. People are like. 
if they do it, they'll use Isabel. Like they have a built-in joke now. They'll pop her out and then he'll like come out, hug her, and he'll be like, doom. Oh man, that would be great. I would love that. And he's he's perfect for it. I mean, if you got Solid Snake, why not? I mean, it's on yeah. the Switch. It 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 follows the trend because it's at least a property that has appeared on a Nintendo console. Solid Snake didn't even get added until, you know, Metal Gear was released on the GameCube and stuff, so it's possible. It's totally possible. I'd hope so. But yeah, review of Eternal, more of 2016, bigger and badder. Hear the alarm ring, and that's saying it's time to go get Doom, <laughs> fellas. Uh, I recommend I'm it. On the way. Yeah, 18 Thumbs up. Campaign. You would say to the rest of the normies here, to the normies listening, get this game. Hot mm-hmm. game right now. Hot quarantine game. I mean, it, it seems like you went through it pretty quick, but is it something I could just sort of dip in and out? It's it's a 18-hour campaign, so you can finish it like in a weekend if you're quarantined. You can get through it. Uh, it is intense, though. Like it'll it'll stress you out. Um, so, which one do you, do you like? like be- do you uh, feel which- like you have to do 2016 to do Eternal? Uh, if if only it's uh, it helps you get the training wheels off faster. But I don't think you need it at all. You can just hop right into Eternal and play it. It's just there's a little bit more. It'll take you probably. 15 more minutes to get your bearings. That's all. That's a good question. I was going to ask, which do you like better now that you played both 2016 or or this one? Uh, I still think Doom Eternal is superior because of the amount of enemies. Like it really, it tests you like for like 15 minutes at a time. You're like constantly, they they called it in the original Doom games, like combat chess, where there'll be uh, an enemy that has a, a, like a clear role. It's so like a pinky demon will charge in a straight line, but it has no projectiles. So you have to get around it, and its whole job is to like corner you and get you to move out of the way. And there's you know long-range enemies. So the way they're placing the enemies that are heavily armored, there's some enemies that spawn new enemies that are very powerful. Obviously, you need to take them out first. So they're always throwing stuff at you, and you need to consider how to approach each encounter, which is how they've done it since the original Doom in 1993. That's when Doom is at its best, when you're playing combat chess. And Doom Eternal right. just has so many cool new pieces on the board. Um, Mike, the, that's amazing. Awesome. I've never great. thought about that. Yeah. And that you would be so good playing uh, Wookiees in Battle Chess. <laughs> yeah, but I would always <laughs> let them win. Yeah, don't let them, yeah, let them win. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem when I was playing 2016 was not the enemies necessarily, but I kept, it was the platforming because I kept getting like, like lost or like not mm-hmm. figuring out where to go next, which is a, Same as I'm kind of dumb when it comes, when it comes to platforming no, dude, though, because like, I, this is a problem game, I have dude. in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because I, I played, when I played Jedi Fallen Order, I had this problem. Um, it, I just you might be the same thing. problem I had with it though, to be yeah. honest, Jacob. Yeah, it's just like it doesn't sometimes it doesn't give you a lot of signs of like where you should go next. And sometimes there's like it's it's hard to find the, the route, you know. Right. Well, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, go ahead. Well, just like to compare it to the other hyper violent, uber masculine first person shooter that has been revived Wolfenstein like that game had a lot more story, which is something I appreciate. But it also I think was just easier to navigate and get yeah. to where you were going. But it's less based it on me more. Yeah. It's less platforming based though. It's more like straight, straightforward, um, you know, FPS. Yeah. And like when there are puzzles, I don't know, they were, they were, they made more sense to me than the ones in doom. Like the, right. the puzzles in yeah. doom kind of confused. Even There's like some... a far cry. That's pretty easy. 
Yeah, like they're, they're swimming in this one, which like should not be in a Doom game. Like they, you probably didn't see that, but uh, there is swimming puzzles that it's just like a time tax. Oh yeah, you gotta get like a radiation suit and just find something huh. to punch. It's not really a puzzle. It's just a, like okay, but uh, the highs are worth the lows. I think with Doom Eternal, so um, for sure. But like we said, Doom is at its best when it's combat chess and you're moving fast and shooting. Platforming is not its forte. So I think also now it's maybe time to talk about another thing that has not been Doom's forte up to this point, and that's going to be some of the other media. And then we'll also kind of chat the legacy of uh, Doom as a whole coming up next. Normies like us. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. We are still talking Doom, the legacy of Doom. We've already talked the highs, the resurrection, and now we're going to talk some of the lows and then get back into the legacy of Doom. And maybe they're lows, maybe some people love these things. Uh, initially, what I want to allude to, and Joe, I'm glad you watched both of them because I only watched one of them. Uh, let's start with the Doom movies because as I mentioned, uh, Doom 3 came out in 2004, followed in 2005 by a film with The Rock and Carl Urban. But with Doom Eternal coming out in 2020, we did have a 2019 movie called Doom Annihilation with... Nobody you've ever heard. I of didn't it. even know. I didn't even know there was two Doom movies. To be honest, until Ooh, just Jacob, now. did you know about the Rock one though? Have you seen that one? Yeah. No, I knew about the Rock one. Did you guys um, see this one in theaters? No. Yes. Come on. Come on, Joe. Fucking no. Hell yeah, Joe. I did. Yeah. Hell yeah, it Joe. It was a uh, someone's. You know, someone's parents dropped us off. We went and we saw Doom. Also, you're, you're burying the lead. Roseman Pike is also in that movie. Uh, oh, she's of the course. sister. You're right. Yeah. Wait, I've got a terrible movie. Yeah, it's bad. I'm a doctor, not a Doom guy. I have found out that the chromosome of evil can be compounded into this, and if you inject it into your body, it'll make you into a super soldier. Um, Absolute garbage and madness. Yeah. So, and then so, rocks the bad guy. Who would have thought? Joe, it? Joe, Joe. Let's not bury the, the only spoiler. time ever. It is the only time Scorpion ever. King. The rock. Oh, yeah. Well, but then he becomes I a good guy when he stands it. alone. Yes, yeah. thank you. And <laughs> when he's in that second Mummy movie, Jacob, that's not even The Rock. That is truly a amalgam right. of computer That's the same computer that they made Doom 2 on. <laughs> <laughs> it is a QuickTime file it's that is recycled. in the background. That's the best CG I've is, ever seen. I mean, The Rock is a bad guy in this movie. Will we ever get that again, even when he plays Black Adam? No, uh, definitely not. He'll well, Black be, Adam's he'll a bad like guy. the anti-hero of, well, mm. he's supposed to be. He won't be. Not with The oh. Rock playing him. He'll yeah, save a giant ape at the end yeah, of the movie. He's still going stuff, against but, uh, Shazam and stuff. Yeah, but also, like, he saves kittens and trees, and, like, he's a super cool good <laughs> dude. He's just, like, a badass. He was just misguided, well, and now he's best friends with Shazam. He's kind of like a father mentor figure. <laughs> no, Mike, The Rock has so much clout. By the end of that movie, Shazam will, like, be the bad guy. And you'll be like, sure, that's how it's <laughs> always been. And it'll just completely change comic books. <laughs> yeah. That but is interesting Doom, that. Um, he always, due to his image, he always wants to be the good guy, but yet when he was wrestling, he was a heel for a long time, even though he was like a heel that a lot of people like to root for. Yeah. Well, they brought him out as a face. Is is insane. Like the, the first person sequence, I remember thinking like, well, that's cool. At least when was the last time you guys watched this movie? Uh, in theaters (laughs) when I first saw it. Yeah. Wow. I'm so proud. Maybe on TV, like once since then. 
No, the aforementioned younger brother, he saw it in theaters. Like I said, got into the game. I don't think it was like till a year after that I borrowed his DVD when he was like, trust me, this thing's good. And I was like, okay. And I watched it and I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... The first person sequence is so bizarre because it's it's Carl Urban looks in a mirror and they're like, OK, it's going to go to first person. But then like three or four times during that sequence, it just drops out of first person and back into third person. It's like they had an idea but didn't know how to stick with it. And like they tease the chainsaw bunch, but like barely use it. It's 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 a weird one. Yeah, that's like a thing. Like even Colin throughout, like, oh, we found the molecule of evil. It's like. It's not even like demons from hell. It's like an evil science molecule. And depending on if you're a good person or a bad person, it'll either make you a super soldier or the rock with sharp teeth or a crazy monster. <laughs> Is that what so happens it's to like I the can't game. Even remember. Like every iteration of the BFG shoots a green ball of destruction. This one shoots a blue weird bio wave. acid yeah. <laughs> wave. <laughs> so bizarre. And I'll tell you something that like both this movie and the Annihilation one get wrong. Um, it's always like a team of military dudes when like the whole point of Doom is that it's one dude who stands alone against everything. Nice. Like I don't know why they didn't just lean into that and instead it's both both of these terrible movies have teams of of space marines that just immediately get wiped out joe i also watched annihilation what i was gonna call armageddon or eternal until mike told us what it was uh 45 (laughs) minutes before this podcast recorded i threw it on it's on netflix check it out normies uh it's absolutely terrible joe can we get past the cliche in these movies of people waking up from hypersleep to start the film i'm so tired of that seeing that in this one i was like i fucking oh, hate nope, these in movies event horizon every 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 space horror movie aliens yeah you remember how i said that doom was originally going to be an aliens tie-in <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> now the sense. movies are just making alien again uh, and the again. only other thing i want to say about doom annihilation again to to bloodborne this up and tie it to uh the events of wolfenstein they find a dead body in the beginning of the movie and they're like oh let me scan his id tag william blaskowitz he's one of ours so William Blaskowitz oh. is, is billy blaskowitz the character from wolfenstein weird right. I believe there's also a tie-in that, like, the Blaskowitz is, like, uh, ancestor of the Doom guy. Like, I think it somehow ties oh, all guys, the way together. <laughs> yeah, it's terribly. He's, uh, he's all the way in it. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> but so these are bad. Um, and I have not seen Annihilation. It replaces Doom guy with Doom girl, which I could care less. But it's just it doesn't have the elements of a single person being a badass. There's only, like, imps in Annihilation. Like, hardly any demons. Yes. It looks like a sci-fi original. And Mike, oh, looks like a sci-fi original. I don't know if you guys ever saw the Starship Trooper sequels. It looks like those movies. Uh, and oh, again, man. has about the exact same cast, too. Um, Mike, of the 45 minutes I had it on, I hit pause to check. 43 minutes is when the demons show up. And I was like, you got to get this going. This is Doom, baby. <laughs> opening scene when you it were playing that game was just a door boring. opening and heads getting blown off. Yeah, the second you start on frame one. You're shooting demons. And like, how do they miss that with the movies, both of them? Because even 20, 2005 took forever to, to mm-hmm. get going, you know? Um, yeah, they're yeah, both really bad. They're both really bad. Uh, so the other thing we have to deal with is there's a comic. The only one kind of I took a look at was this 1996 giveaway um, comic. Joe, what did you get to take a look at? 
Uh, that's the only one I've read. To my knowledge, that's the only comic that exists. Right? Which the uh, prize is the uh, same. That is what I looked at too, Mike. When you put it in the notes, I was like, "Oh, I'll take a look at that." It's kind of the uh, so if we're calling that the monster energy of um, video games, this is the slim gem of comic books. <laughs> this is like I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> right, but famously, you know, um, the rip and tear brand. Ever since Doom twenty sixteen, that has really permeated uh, the Doom brand. The first time that was ever used was in the 1996 comic where the Doom guy says... In the last page, yeah. Yep. He says, rip and tear your guts. So that came from like what for a time was one of like the most like, not panned, but like most ignored parts of Doom lore was this comic. But it kind of had a resurgence in like the 2010s. There was like an article about the top 10 Doom things and kind of came back and it made its way into uh, 2016. And I'm glad it did because I love the uh, rip and tear philosophy. I can get I mean, very behind un- it. <laughs> Unlike the movies, it starts on page one with action. So wow. if you're if you're looking for uh, you know a violent comic book that is twenty two pages of killing demons, ripping and tearing. That's your first act of a screenplay, right? It's twenty two out of ninety, almost. It's almost your first act. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just, can I ask, just make what the Doom would comic. You- what would you guys want out of a Doom movie? I was trying to think about this because Doom is a very cinematic property. Uh, inversely, if there was a video game about the the book series Dune, D-U-N-E, I feel like it would oh, be a yes. lot like Doom. So, you know, a lot of that, like, carries over, too. But what, what would you guys want to see in a Doom movie? Who would you want to see be the lead guy, I guess, who doesn't take his helmet off? The Rock. I would want an intense the Rock's uh, back. short film made by the Power Slash Rangers guy where you never see Doom guy. You should never see Doom guy. Oh, the Power Slash Rangers guy uh, is the same guy. Yeah, he's the same guy who made Castlevania, and he also made the uh, Punisher Dirty Laundry short. The Eddie Eddie short. What what was the journalism? Truth and journalism, the Venom short? Oh, yeah, yeah, that. So, yeah, I could could get behind something like that, Joe. That would be cool. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I'd want. Other than and that, it's I just feel like murder it's, it's for an hour and a half, Joe. I mean, it's just boom, boom, no, boom. No, it's boom. it's murder for for fifteen minutes and no more than that. Look, like it's a game franchise where Mike said they threw away the Bible, they they threw away the script. They were just like, you know, it's like porn. There's no need for story. So to mm-hmm. try to get one out of it, I don't know. I'd rather see them tackle something like Wolfenstein, where like the reboot of that is extremely story based and and would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it would have to be so camp because even these new games and the original games were camp. It's like, look at this demon turning into like a pool of blood in 2016. Like it's, it's all camp and just ridiculous fun. Like it, it's kind of scary, but it's not really, it's just camp fun. So it's 15 no, minutes over the top violent. short. It's kind of like that upgrade movie, you know? Yeah, totally. But, it's, but with it's guns and demons to the point where it's a joke, like hyper mask <laughs> where it's a joke. Yeah. It's oh, taking a piss out of those eighties action the, movies. The Um, cinematic moments that Eternal has, Mike, that I think would translate well, that moment where you take over that zombie and you sort of like play as him for a moment. I thought that was like really coolly shot and stuff. That was pretty rad, but that's also like introducing you to the multiplayer mechanic where you play as a demon and hunt down another player. It's like a two V one. So two people are playing two of the demons, but that is kind of rad. Um, just showing like the way the humans are like, oh, you can't be here. And then they realize who you are. And they're like, uh, you can certainly be here. Here's my gun. What else do you need, sir? I didn't recognize you. Like, that's Boom. really fun. Yeah, when you walk through and you, you 
shoot a hole through Mars. Like, okay, this is ridiculous. But it needs to be at that level. But other than that, I don't know if I need it. Like, you said the first person scene of 2005 was interesting, but it's like, but just play the game, and that's a better first person scene for Doom, is just playing it than watching yeah, it. Yeah, I so. just, you know, now that I know the history that you taught us in the beginning, where it's like, no, they, they didn't care that it had a story. They just had a backdrop. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think you should force one in. There's other stuff that you can make movies of that does have the story. Absolutely. Yeah. On that note, even with the cool mythology Doom has, with space and uh, artifacts that reach beyond either heaven or hell, I mean that is a dead space movie. You guys brought it up before. Obviously, it shares a lot of that survival horror with it. I mean, just mm-hmm. take all those elements and make that a movie because it's sort of a more interesting experience to follow someone who's not invincible and might die. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. If you want to make a space, if you want to make aliens again, you know, do Dead Space. Like, because Doom is not that. It's not what they did in 2005 or Annihilation. It's it's a camp like action movie that has you killing Satan. Yeah, it's Mars. Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, that's yeah, the okay. best Doom movie, Mike. <laughs> Let's get real yeah. here. But uh, yeah, in other media, they made like a Doom board game. You know, with like tile they sets sure and stuff. Um, I have no interest in that. I I, I don't want to rip and tear into that board game anytime soon. That's for sure. Um, Maybe during quarantine, though, you have no choice. You got to do what you got to do. Just get your hands on everything. Uh, There goes your Christmas present, Mike. uh, Yep. There we go. Um, Other than that, yeah, the other media for Doom has not been great. But luckily, uh, the games have been. And, you know, sparing a 10-year lull. Before that, things have looked good. I don't care if they make another movie. Maybe animated something like Castlevania that's over the top could work too. But um, that's pretty much it for the other media. I just want to go ahead. Let's hop to the outro. Maybe talk um, to the legacy. You got one more thought, Jacob? Yeah. Speaking of Castlevania again. Um, yeah. Like I said, Adi Shankar, the guy that the, the showrunner of that, he's also slated to make several other video game adaptations in that same animated style, including... Um, Assassin's Creed and Hyperlight Drifter, Devil May Cry. Yeah, so Assassin's Creed, Devil May Cry, and Hyperlight Drifter. So what? You know, I I don't see why they couldn't make a Doom uh, show like that too. There's been like Doom Flash cartoons that I think are perfectly fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think if you're gonna have some sort of other media for Doom, it should be uh, a short form content because I feel like that kind of fifteen minutes best. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I would definitely love that. So, Yeah. But other video game stuff's doing better. Like Castlevania, Devil May Cry had an anime in Japan, so I'd be interested to see what they do here. Mm. You know, we'll find out. But, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's hop to the outro. We'll talk the legacy of Doom, where it's going, what the future might be, and wrap up our final thoughts. Thank you. And let's go ahead and power up the DFG. Please. We're back, Normies. We've gone to hell and back again. We've kept it secret, kept it safe. Wait, that's a different franchise. However, we have loaded up double (laughs) barrels of fun, and we are here to talk the legacy and our final thoughts on Doom. So, I want to pose to you what I think are the biggest contributions that Doom the franchise has made to gaming, mostly, uh, and pop culture as a whole, right? First of all, 
we talked up at the top, the FPS genre. They were called Doom clones. There was sort of first-person games like Tank Wars since like the 70s. Even the Star Wars arcade was a first-person experience. But the idea of a fast-paced action game, first-person shooting, came from Doom. Call of Duty, you like that? You wouldn't have it without Doom. Overwatch, you like that? You wouldn't have it without Doom. You know, Wolfenstein? Halo. Yeah, you would probably have that because that came out first. But yeah, Halo, <laughs> you wouldn't have that without Doom. So starting with that. Number two Doom, is... You wouldn't have it without Wolfenstein. Would have without Wolfenstein, and that is also true. Um, PC Master Race, right? Everyone talks about how PCs are the king of gaming. At the time that they made the Commander Keen and Dangerous Dave and copyright infringement, that clone of Super Mario, PCs were incapable of competing with what home consoles were doing. You could play Mario and Zelda and scroll your screen. That was Not- the most interesting thing you taught me this episode, Mike. I can't believe that there was a time where computers weren't as good as Nintendo at video games. Yeah, it's true. Home consoles were just able to have the screen move from left to right smoothly, and computers had to refresh a whole thing, but they created that technology. They also created the 3D and pseudo-3D technology, and which leads me into the next thing is licensing your engine. Have you seen this game runs on the Unreal Engine, or this game is on you know XYZ Engine, the Fox Engine for Kojima? They took the engine that they made that scrolling and then they licensed it to other companies to make their own Mario clones. Cause they're like, we have this thing that we created this technology, you pay us and we'll give it to you and you can make your own game. So the idea of companies licensing their technology to create games came from the doom guys, the id software guys, uh, digital distribution. The idea of steam was expanded upon and made legitimate because of the success of doom. Uh, multiplayer games at all, deathmatch playing online, that came from Doom. And speedrunning was a huge part of the community came from Doom. Obviously, you had it in games like Atari Racer and things, but the idea of being able to record your demo, send that to other people, and they could see, you know, it's, it's, it's insane just the amount of input they've had. Plus, we also get The Rock saying Semper Fi motherfucker, which is probably the greatest contribution <laughs> so to pop culture as a whole. So that's my summary on why Doom is so important, because basically the whole landscape, at least from shooting and technology of PC gaming, console gaming, that whole thing, a lot of it comes from what these guys were doing in the early 90s, and you can't, uh, cannot be overlooked. Beautiful words from the Mike Slayer, who again, I am so happy to uh, have taken us through this episode here with his words of wisdom. Uh, I'll jump in here, Colin. Uh, I was talking to my dad previous to this episode, like a week ago, telling him what we were coming up on the recording schedule. That's an insight to my life, Normies. Yes, that's the things I talk about with my loved ones. I do get excited about this podcast. I know how sad that is. Guess what? It's great. I love it. But uh, I, I was love it him, too. Mike's doing a Doom episode. And he said, oh, they still make Doom games? I said, yeah, it's wow. the, the new big one is coming out. And I just thought... This is the guy who exposed me to one of my first video game experiences, Doom being on his computer, our home computer, the only thing we would have had to play it on. I just thought that's a perfect example of Niche to Norme. This is a guy who he doesn't hold a torch for this game, but he loved it at a time. He knows things about it. He doesn't know anything else about it now, but uh, it was there for him. Doom's been there for me. Oh, that's awesome, man. Joe, how about you? Final thoughts? I'll take my last lap after you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess after everything that you just said, I my final thoughts on Doom are thank you, Doom. I mean, I really, 
Thank think you, we owe a lot to uh, to the 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 genius that was this game. If you love Doom, there are a couple uh, action figures you can pick up. There's McFarlane Toys uh, seven inch action figure with 22 points of articulation. You got the Doom Slayer, and then Mondo just announced that they're going to be doing a. Uh, I think it's either a six scale or four scale big detailed Doom Slayer figure. So, if you love Doom and you want them in your collection, there is uh, statues and action figures out there, so you can go and check those out. And if you like Doom, maybe check out the Wolfenstein games that they rebooted because I like those games a lot. I think if you you like the mechanics of Doom but you want a little more story, you're gonna get the same gore, same violence, but a cool alternate history. And you know. You shouldn't feel guilty killing Nazis the same way you shouldn't feel guilty killing demons. They're, they're I'd rather most, kill Nazis. They, they produce the most moral games that we've ever seen in software that they do. And I think there's room <laughs> in my PC case for that uh, one six scale Doom guy to sit right next to the Revenant. I might be having to grab Ooh, that. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a Mondo figure, man. They make the best. Oh, amazing. Jacob, how about you? Final thoughts on the old Doomskis? Um, yeah, I probably have the least uh, to say about it, but I... I because I have the least experience with it, but I do appreciate the, all the, um, you know, the influences that it's had over the whole video games industry. And it's not my favorite franchise or my, even my favorite, uh, genre of game, but I do just appreciate the legacy that it has. And I did enjoy playing 2016 when I played it for a couple hours. So maybe at some point when it's on sale, I'll probably get uh, eternal at some point. Yeah. All right. And, you know, thanks again for joining me on this episode, guys. Uh, my last, last final thoughts. It's just, you know, I wanted to share the history of the guys who created the original Doom, mostly because you get a guy starting an aerospace company. That's the guy who created scrolling on PCs. And then now he's working for Oculus because he just wants to do VR as realistically as possible. Like he's still trying to push that tech envelope. It's, it's crazy. Mike, we are in a post-Half-Life Alix. I'm not even sure how to say that world, but yeah. obviously VR is the future. Do you think that's where Doom is headed? They did release Doom VFR, which was like a spin-off of Doom 2016, which was for um, HTC Vive and PlayStation um, VR. Virtual fucking reality? Is that, is that, yeah. is that truly yeah. what it stands for? I love I, the Doom I, series, You know guys. what? This yeah, we got to check <laughs> virtual fucking reality. I'm not sure. I think that could be the future. I mean, it's always going to have its place on, you know, traditional console, but I think more and more games are going to go VR. Look at what Resident Evil 7 did with VR. That was a very, very well executed VR experience. Um, first person games are obviously lent themselves best to VR, in my opinion. So who knows? I think I could definitely be part of it. And I could, be, I could totally see John Carmack reuniting with the Doom series down the road with Oculus and the VR train. And who knows if uh, John That's Romero, so cool. who's, you know, he's he his thing too. Let me bring you up to speed with him. In 2019, he released new levels for the original Doom. It was called Sigil, and it's an add-on pack of brand new maps that he made in the original Doom engine as uh, some downloadable content. It's like 15 megabytes because that's how big Doom levels are. And there's new content being made by John Romero as recent as 2019. So these guys are still in love with the franchise. They're still contributing in their own way. And, you know... It's just incredible to see that they're still out there. So who knows if one day down the road, id Software will give them both a call, say, hey, we got a crazy VR. You want to do some maps? You want to integrate your tech? 
Let's make this happen again, yeah, and baby. And that so, guy will just release the same levels again from Doom 1. <laughs> that guy, that guy's got to get something new going on. Yeah, they had the greatest company ever. This is the last thing I'll say. They had a man designing levels for them whose name is American McGee. Oh, All of right. course. Uh, American what McGee. More do you need? He, I think, didn't he license a bunch of video games that are called, like, did he do the he Alice in Alice. Wonderland ones? That's what he did after Doom, yep. So, you know. American McGee, the guy from RoboCop, Adrian Carmack, John Car- Carmack, John Romero. What a what a, a tour de force and what they created. So wow. Uh, if if you've ever played a single game of Halo Two and enjoyed it, you have these guys to thank for it. And I have my co-host to thank for joining me on this journey through hell and back, knee deep in the dead. Thy flesh has been consumed. We've opened the sigil, and now it is time to return back home. And uh, hope you all have a great evening. Again, this has been uh, the Mikeybus. Thank you so much. Uh, the Colin Slayer. I got my little prayer hands out. I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> uh, Joey Blaskowitz. <laughs> this is OK Doomer. Jacob, signing off. <laughs> OK Doomer. Uh, like, okay, subscribe. Doomer. You know, hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us on all our socials. We like that, guys. Absolutely. All right. Stay. Uh, stay keep your ammo. May your ammo be replenished. Your chain stuff stay fueled and your BFG oh. always firing towards Satan's face. And, and happy March Madness, Mufasa guys. Mufasa on Twitch. Ooh, Mufasa, <laughs> Mufasa, Mufasa. I mostly speedrun PS1 games, but occasionally you might see something you actually care about. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> maybe uh, Hob72 in the future will be streaming some uh, Mountain Blade Bannerlord 2 coming out March 31st. We'll see. We'll see. And let us know if you want to normies like us live stream with the podcast. We might be able to do that with OBS software. Who knows in the future? We love you all. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Take Watch care, your hands, normies. Folks. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my men if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.